welcome to Creative Conflab, a podcast where we have honest conversations about creativity, art, design, and craft. I'm your host, Tara Joy Andrews. Ready to get started? Let's go. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Creative Conflab Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have artist, author, speaker, and a facilitator who specializes in connecting people with their creativity, Meryl Cook. I have been a fan for so long. I followed you on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere you are. And we have many things in common, including being artists, wanting to share and foster creativity and wanting to bring more joy into everyone's lives. So thank you so much for being a guest today. How are you? Oh, I'm great. And thank you so much for inviting me. I've been following your podcast and, and really enjoying all the guests that you've had on. So thank you so much. So I really like to start each episode on a positive note because we've had so much negativity and fear and another major event happened this week mm-hmm. so um i like to share start with you sharing something that has brought you joy this week Oh, well, I have something really exciting, a moment of joy. Uh, Two of my entries for the Craft Nova Scotia exhibit that's coming up, uh, it's called Craft Year 2020. They were just accepted to show at the Mary Black Gallery, um, and it's going to run from September 24th to November 8th. So I did... uh, did a, a triptych of uh, three rugs called Love in the Time of a Pandemic. They were, um, they were inspired by a quote from L.R. Knott about uh, don't be dismayed about the brokenness of this world. And, and she kind of tries to inspire people to action. And the action she suggests is, is to love, to send out love intentionally, unconditionally, and extravagantly. So I, I hooked three rugs. Um, one's called an unconditional, intentional, and extravagant. And um, anyway, they got accepted, and I'm so, so pleased about that. And then one other piece of mine called Opening, which was inspired by my word for 2020, which was about opening opening to new adventures. And, and I didn't know how new everything was going to be when I chose the word. But yeah, so I'm really, really delighted to have my pieces in this exhibit. Amazing. Yeah. I'm excited about that. That's pretty close to where I live. So I will definitely be going down. Oh, I hope so. Well, I'll send you an invitation to the opening. Hopefully it will be public. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And my word for this year, which I would have changed had I known, it was (laughs) momentum. Uh Um, And I'm like, okay, you can stop anytime now. (laughs) Yeah. Like things are moving way too fast. But at the same time, it feels like it's like standing still, Mm -hmm. which is a weird paradox to be in. I've had other people mention they feel that way too, where. Yeah, it's a bit like things are barreling ahead, but on the other hand, you feel suspended. Exactly. Yeah, I feel that same way. Mm-hmm. My yeah. my post, uh, my blog post about how to get unfrozen has been having lots and lots of hits and reads because I think people just feel a bit uh, like, oh, you know, how do how do we move forward? What do we what do we need to do? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So as I mentioned, you're an art, artist, author, and facilitator, um, and you run workshops centered around creativity. So why don't you tell the listeners a little more about you, your art, and why you decided to focus on creativity? Oh, thanks. Sure, I'd love to. So as an artist, uh, color, texture, joy, and self-compassion are part of everything I do. So whether I'm doing my art, whether I'm running a workshop, um, whether I'm speaking about uh, speaking to yourself with love, that it all comes from those four, four things. Um, I, I say that journaling saved my life. So it helped me to recover from breast cancer treatment and to reinvent myself after a 20-year practice as a homeopath. And then now journaling has become an integral part of my design. So it's the way that I design my, my art. Um, but also now I'm using journaling and design at the corporate level to uh, help with employee well-being and engagement. So it's kind of come... Um, it's kind of carried me through, which is really wonderful. So my story began at age 59. I'm 63 now, uh, just after I finished treatment for breast cancer. And when I was diagnosed, I made the decision that um, I was going to reinvent myself and I was going to allow myself time and space to fully heal. I knew that uh, cancer was illness at a pretty deep level and that I really needed to um, take the time to figure out how to move forward. Partly because when I was a homeopath, I saw far too many people who jumped right back into life after a crisis. You know, they'd, they'd make all these decisions to uh, change their life, and then they'd get busy, and then nothing, nothing would change. Um, and I knew that we need to be allow, willing to allow uh, time to step into the space of not knowing in order for things to actually unfold. So, so that's what I did. Um, so the week that I finished my radiation treatments, it was January and it was snowing and it was, I was exhausted. I, I drove all the way to Tatamagush and attended a workshop on uh, journaling and yoga. And it was uh, by author Sherry Fitch and Yogi Josette Colt. Uh, Coulter. And I learned there, they talked a lot about how writing can help to unblock the body, but also unblocking the body can unblock the mind. And actually, I started journaling from that day forward. I had really not been a regular journal keeper other than, you know, some of my teenage angst. Um, but I started yeah. journaling every day. Same. And what happened was writing led to new designs in my art. It led to a whole new way of doing my art. Um, and then these journal pages and the, the mats that I designed became my first book, which was uh, One Loop at a Time, a story of rug hooking, healing, and creativity. And I began teaching at the Center for Craft, uh, Nova Scotia. I started teaching uh, classes like how to hook yourself a love letter and design your own healing mat. Those were the first things that I started with. And then I took myself on a cross-country book tour, <laughs> and that led to my second book and to focusing more on on helping others to unblock their creativity. It led to invitations to speak and to teach across Canada and the U.S. And then I had a solo exhibit at um, Sauter Village in Ohio in 2018. So one thing just kept building on the other, and I kept looking for opportunities and being open to new things, and, and new things kept arising. Um, I started out as a management consultant after my master's in applied psych from St. Mary's many, many years ago. And I always wanted to get back into corporate, but on my terms, using uh, creativity and compassion. 
Um, and the past couple of years, I gradually started to do some corporate work. I started doing uh, creative workshops for teachers through the, um, the Government Employees Union. Um, and then I was speaking about how to speak to yourself with love for Mental Health Week at some of the government offices. And then in December, I, I kind of landed my dream gig. I uh, worked with the government department on a team building project. And I used my hands-on and my design uh, to create... Um, with the team, they created a design the, of their vision for what they wanted their workplace to be. And then I took my, my rug hooking uh, equipment into their office and they worked on the design with my help for the next three weeks. And, and now, the, now the rug is, is hung in their, in their office and it's really beautiful and it reminds everybody of um, you know, what, what their purpose was. And so it's just permanent permanent vision of uh, where they want to go as, as a unit. So that was just fabulous. Of course, since COVID, <laughs> I haven't yeah. been able to do any of the hands-on work. But what I have been doing is delivering virtual seminars on creative journaling. So things like uh, creative journaling to reignite your business creativity or to reignite your artistic creativity, and also, uh, more recently, creative journaling for well-being to relieve stress and anxiety. Because I find um, with the continued stress of COVID and working from home at the moment, I am focusing on the mental health aspect of creative journaling um, because people are becoming stressed and unengaged from their work. They're, they're kind of getting yeah. zoomed out. Um, oh, yeah. Even the best of teams are kind of like pulling back and saying, oh, not another, not another meeting. So I think that mental health and well-being are even more important for teams than they were in the past. So, yeah. So that's kind of me in a nutshell and how I got to where I am. Amazing. Yeah. I also find even myself because I've worked from home for a while, but now those boundaries of work time and home time are all sort of getting mixed in with each mm-hmm. other because we don't have regular routines. Um, people are available when they are available because schedules yeah. are so up in the air, right? Um, yeah, and I love- I find that too, yeah. And the yeah. other thing I find is that I've worked from home for many years, but I would always go out to meetings or I'd go and I'd, yes. I'd take my computer and work at a coffee shop for a morning just to have a change of scenery. And I'm not doing that. So I, I do feel- more uh, homebound and I have other people working at home when normally it's just me and the dog and the cat so yeah 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 Yeah. and I love how you you want people to be compassionate with themselves I think that's so important Mm -hmm. I think as a society we tend to be more compassionate about everybody around us and we're really hard on ourselves and someone I can't remember and I'm sorry to if you're listening and and (laughs) you told me this I'm sorry that I don't remember it with you but someone told me imagine if all of those negative things that you say to yourself you said to your very best closest friend absolutely that that really hit a note with me and being like oh I'm really not nice to myself all Mm -hmm. the time right so I love that you promote this like self-love and compassion especially in times during the pandemic when we need it more than ever absolutely well when I when I teach I actually have just a few basic rules and the one rule is uh, leave your self-criticism at the door 
In fact, I'm, I'm going to be teaching uh, a class called Wild Women at Sea on a sailboat next summer. It was supposed to be this summer. And, um, and so for the four days, if anyone criticizes themselves, they have to put a dollar in the tip jar for the, for the crew. <laughs> so, oh, amazing. You know, just to get that ahead. Yeah, because it's, it's really important. Um, I think as a former homeopath, um, when you criticize yourself, your body heals what your mind says about, or feels what your mind says about it, and it interferes with your healing. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've started asking all of my guests this question because I'm fascinated by the answers that I get. How do you define creativity? Well, just quite simply, I think that creativity is the ability to think outside the box and to take action. So it's, it's, um, it doesn't have to be hands-on. It doesn't have to be art. You know, it's, it's everything. When you think about um, a new process at work and then implement it, that's creativity. Yeah, and I love that um, you also agree that you don't have to be artistically minded or talented to be creative anybody can be creative regardless Absolutely. of your job or vocation or what you do um so you work as a rug hooker i love it when you share what's on my loom uh one of the things you uh create and share are your healing mats um and you talked a little bit about it already, um, recovering mm-hmm. from breast cancer, but what made you decide to start making them? And also, what's your creative process? Sure, thanks. So the mats, as I said, were my way of holding space for myself while I recovered from treatment, and I rode and I hooked. And then, But what was particular about them is each mat was the next step that I needed in my healing journey. So it wasn't, what do I need to be completely well? It was like, okay, what do I need now? Um, So, um, you know, for example, if I was feeling very blocked and I needed to feel inspired, I would hook a mat about inspiration, which is the one that's right behind me, the blue one. And it's about um, feeling inspired because the feeling of the body feeling of inspired to me is, you know, your hands go up in the air. Yeah, and you're opening. So that's, Yeah. And so that's called joy releasing that one. Um, And the one rug that that really was a turning point for me, it was called Love Letter. And I had been writing love letters to my scar. I'd had a scar after my surgery and, and treatment that I wasn't really happy with. And I knew that if I wasn't happy with part of my body that that I couldn't fully heal. So I had been writing it love letters and I still wasn't really <laughs> very happy with it. And, and I thought, well, this really needs a mat. So I thought about, I had written the phrase in my journal, um, I let go of the pain of this scar and accept it lovingly into my body. And, um, and then I thought about, so this, this is my process. I write something and then I think about what does that feel like or what does that look like? And to me, accepting sub, something lovingly in my body was really like when a mom cradles a baby, you know, it's that kind of that middle part. And so I started draw, drawing that. And then as I drew it, it became, um, it looked like half a heart. So I thought I'll draw the other. So it never, didn't start out as a heart. Um, and then I left the bottom open because I wanted to let the pain out of my heart. So that's kind of how my sketches start. So I start with a really simple sketch. I don't, I don't color plan or, um, you know, plan it to the nth degree. And then I draw the sketch on. And normally I, um, 
what started with this mat was I start to write the phrases from my journal around the edges of the design. And they're like a, a meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that rug love letter, it became the cover of my uh, first book. And it also uh, was the first pattern that I made and, you know, all those kinds of things. It's kind of been my, my, um, my signature mat. So once I have the design on the linen, then I uh, usually just pile colors on the mat mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and stand back and think about, you know, what, what really feels right for this design. And uh, normally I put things on, take them off, and then I come up with some colors. And then I look at the chakra colors um, to see whether the colors I've chosen actually relate to the part of the body that I'm that I'm dealing with, that I'm thinking about. So the love letter was pink and green, which is the colors of the heart chakra. And of course, I was talking about um, accepting something lovingly into my body. So it made sense that it was the heart chakra. So I don't normally, when I design, I don't normally think, okay, it's this chakra, I'm going to choose these colors. I normally let the design speak to me and choose the colors. And, And I actually found that um, almost always the chakras correspond perfectly. And even in, in the recent, uh, the team building project, the design that I did, the group chose colors. And I was able to say, yes, you know, this, this color actually relates to this statement that you're making. And here's why it relates. Like it was quite fascinating to see even at a, a group level that it, that it still can apply. So, um, and then lately I'm experimenting with putting the writing uh, some of the writing actually in the body of the the rug. So I have a new rug that I've I've got a design that I'm putting on the the um the frame called blossoming. So I'm going to have the blossoming words and then have the other words still around the edges. And I'm also experimenting with um, how to finish my rugs so that they could be hung, so you could see both sides, so you could see the writing on the back and the front. So so that's kind of exciting. Um, and then the last thing about my process is I hook mainly in recycled um, and new wool fabrics. So mostly recycled. I go to Frenchies and um, Value Village and buy old cashmere sweaters and dye them and things like that. Um, and then I hook with also commercial and my own hand spun yarns. And as I started spinning a couple of years ago, and so um, more of my rugs, I'm, I'm putting more and more hand spun into them. So instead of making it a an easier, um, less expensive process. It's becoming more and more labor intensive and, and I'm, I'm loving it. So, yeah. So that's basically my process. Wow. I love that. I love how you're taking something that's already had a history and a story and someone loved that sweater mm-hmm. and all of those like events that the sweater was worn to. Mm-hmm. And then you're like recycling that and giving it new life into this beautiful piece of art. Um, I also love uh, how you don't uh, define everything of the art from the beginning because Mm -hmm. I find whenever I do that, I let myself down. That's part of my perfectionism. Mm -hmm. But when you're just open to letting it flow and change and create and just evolve on its Mm -hmm. own, you come up with something so much more beautiful yeah um and the process is so much more enjoyable because you're not 
constantly comparing, well, my sketch, it's like this, but the actual thing is, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't look the same. Yeah. And yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't really do it any other way. Um, my mom was also a rug hooker and uh, her work is very much planned to the nth degree. And um, I would just lose my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And especially when you dye your own um, uh, yarns and fabrics, like they don't come out perfect. And they're usually like some of them ha absorb the dye differently. So you get that. Uh, I love those yarns. Oh my gosh. I love them when they're like an ombre, like some of mm -hmm. it's lighter, some of it's darker yeah. and makes it truly unique. Yeah. Me too. And, and what I've been learning with my spinning is depending on the curly locks that I, because I mostly spin just right from the locks as opposed to combing and making it straight, which kind of fits with me, right? Yeah. But um, different, different uh, sheep's wool actually dyes differently. So um, there's some locks that I've gotten from a person that uh, she leaves a lot of lanolin still on her yarn. And so it needs a more intense dye in order to take the color. So that's also very interesting. Like even mm -hmm. the even the sheep all have their own characteristics, which yeah. is kind of wonderful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it truly feels like we are about to hit the wall, uh, to use a running term, with the pandemic because we've all been at it for so long. We're all getting tired and worn out. Um, how do you feel courage and creativity can help us get through this? Mm, yeah, I've been doing a lot of writing about that because I feel like it's really needed. Um, yeah, people are becoming exhausted. I think we all thought that as things opened up, life would get easier, yeah. but it isn't, right? No. So when we go out, there's so much to consider. There's wearing masks there's navigating so much change and uncertainty. So I've written a few blog posts recently about courage. And for me, courage is about being rooted. And um, I think that we can access creativity as a way to imagine a way forward. Because right now we feel, as we were talking before, a bit suspended. So yeah. I think creativity helps us to imagine um, how we can move forward. Um, and it gives us an inner confidence, I think, when we're yeah. creating, um, that we're worth it, that we can do this. And so I've been thinking of writing in my journal about courage as it relates also to rage and to our current situations, right, with um, Black Lives Matter and all the inequities that the pandemic has um, uncovered. I mean, it's, it's people who are poor and disenfranchised who are suffering the most during this pandemic. And... Um, I think that we need this rage in the form of, um, I was, I, I'm a big one for looking up uh, de definitions in the dictionary. And so one of the definitions of rage is a vehement desire or passion, right? And, and I think we need this for change to occur because what we don't want is for this rage and this desire to make changes in our structure and our institutions to be only a temporary phenomenon, yeah. right? We want it to spur real change on every level, and I think it will. So it seems to me that um, strong emotions such as rage can incite acts of courage, and we need courage to persist and to stay the course um, in insisting on change. And I think that by accessing our creativity, we 
we can come up with ideas and ways to use that courage and to, to, to be brave about how we move forward. So I've, I've got two rugs that I've designed about courage. So it's interesting. My, I, th- I feel like my work started, um, my design started just for me first, right? And then they started to help individuals. And then I started working with groups. And since the pandemic, my rugs have been focused on um, what does the world need? <laughs> you know, the world yeah. needs this love. The world needs this courage. And uh, so I feel like it's, it's, it's moving to a different level, which is exciting. Oh, I loved everything about that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks. I'm like, I feel this. I feel this. And that um, that anger and frustration has has been so prevalent, right? Of, mm-hmm. you know, we're frustrated about our situations. We're frustrated because mm-hmm. everything's different. Our schedules mm-hmm. are different. Our routines are different. We can't see people that we love. We can't hug people. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, when you refocus that into something positive and the positive change, and I think mm-hmm. we're starting to see that movement, which it really makes me happy of, you know, things finally progressing and changing and having actual things change for permanent changes, like you said, yeah. not just, well, we're, we're in a pandemic right now, so we'll do right. this for now like no <laughs> what i what it's i've been broken. really excited about is um there's a group of fiber artists that that i've been involved with and we're all making art about what the world needs now like it's really um i know that some artists have felt a bit frozen during the pandemic yeah. and haven't been able to create but there's many of us who are creating um just some really amazing amazing work there's a woman, uh, I'm part of this group called In the Studio. We do every couple of weeks. We, um, it's, it's just a come to somebody's studio and they give a talk about whatever. Um, and it was a way for us all to be connected. Um, mm-hmm. So I've met artists from all over and we've been spending, you know, a week, you know, an hour every couple of weeks together. So there's a woman coming up um, on the 26th, uh, Patty Mullins Colon, and she's done some amazing um, uh, art through the pandemic you know she did her first rug was um, of a roll of toilet paper you know and then she's done this <laughs> other one of, of a very amazingly detailed um, mask that she's done out of rug hooking and and it's just uh, it's so inspiring to mm-hmm. see what people are doing with all of this so do you think there's something about creativity that helps make us more resilient you mentioned confidence, which I think is really tied to resilience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that um, one of the ways that I teach creativity, which I think is particularly good at, at uh, getting at resilience, is that when I do my designs and when I work with people in journaling, um, I get them to think about, um, so imagine a good situation or imagine something wonderful happening. I have this exercise called what if, and it's what if something really marvelous could happen. And then um, I have them tap into um, what would your body feel like if that happened, right? So you're starting to imagine these wonderful feelings and, and tapping into when your body feels good. And, and that's especially important uh, when things are tough, you know, when, when things are tough, when I, uh, when I was having radiation treatments, I was walking uh, and taking the ferry to the hospital every day. And uh, 
what I would do would look for five things that brought me joy along the way and then think about where do I feel that in my body and how does that feel? And that just helped to break up the heaviness that I felt Mm -hmm. about going um, to lie under that machine. And and then I also stopped for a really delicious latte along the way, which made me feel like a million dollars by the time I got there. So, but I think that... Um, creativity when we're, we're tapping into, especially if we're making art about something that inspires and brings us joy. I think being in that state of joy um, is very healing and it helps to ground us as well. You know, um, I think when we're worried and we're fearful all the time, we're in our head, right? Oh, we're in yeah. our head all the time and we're worrying about things and um, we can really get spinning, you know, like I, I could talk myself into a real, a real panic around this whole thing. But, but if I just focus on um, taking time to notice the beautiful things around me, um, it breaks it up. And, and I think the more you look for beauty, um, whether it's while you're creating something or just while you're going for a walk, mm-hmm. uh, the more you see beauty, right? Yeah. So it's our, our, our brain focuses on what we tell it to focus on. And, and we don't want to be, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not a Pollyanna. I'm not saying ignore everything that's going on in the world and only talk about gratitude because that, for me, doesn't get it. I feel like we need to acknowledge that, that life is tough right now. And, and there are things that um, are not easy. And there are things in the world that are happening that are, that are really distressing. Mm-hmm. But um, we can't spend all our energy on that because it's not going to help make the world well if right. that's what we're doing. We have to be well in order to go out and, and help um, the world. And I think our creativity can really, um, by engaging in a creative process, um, whether that's even gardening, you know, like yeah. planning and making your garden, um, I think that it, it can help. Yeah. 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 I love that you flipped the what if on its head because typically (laughs) I go down the what if rabbit hole and it's all negative. (laughs) Well, I learned that initially from uh, Sherry Fitch. You know, she taught us what ifs. And and then what I added to it was to tap into the body feeling of if that marvelous thing came true, how how would my body feel? Yeah. And people have a hard time with that. They don't we're not used to tapping into how um, a positive emotion feels. And uh, we all know what, what stressed feels like. I, you can oh, point yes. exactly in your body where it feels. And so it's, it's really just a matter of practice and, mm-hmm. um, and not being frustrated if you don't get it right away. But, you, but I, I teach that in every one of my uh, workshops because I think it's, um, it's essential. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, Thanks. Yeah, for me, when I'm super happy, I get this warm feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, you almost get the like butterflies in your tummy from like mm-hmm. excitement, yeah. anticipation. Yeah. 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 I love so that's that. the feeling you want to you connect with, right? Yeah, exactly. When you're feeling down, especially when yeah. you're having a tough time, is, is to think about um, things that bring you joy. Or look yeah. at things that bring you joy, or um, and be able to tap into those those feelings. So, have you learned something while making your handmade rugs that you apply to your business in a creative way? Absolutely. So, the two things I've learned um, are one loop at a time. So that's why my books are called that. I think that with my business, um, I'm not trying to solve every problem. 
all at once. It's kind of like my mats. Each of my healing mats was what's my next step. So in business, um, as an entrepreneur especially, it's very easy to get overwhelmed and to think, oh my God, you know, I need a better website. I need this. I need that. You know, and I need like huge cash flow because I've got all these things I want to do. And, and, um, and I've learned to say, okay, so what's the best thing I can do right now that will move my business forward? And then what do I need next? So when I started my business, um, I was working with a, a coach, uh, Eleanor Beaton, and, and she said, uh, okay, because I said, I've got these 12 things, you know, I want to accomplish. And she said, just sell your books. That's all you need to do. Just sell those books. And so I did. I focused on selling my books for a whole year. I sold um, over a thousand the first year, which for a self-published book is pretty awesome. Great. Yeah. And um, in the process of selling my books, I learned all kinds of things. I made connections and then, and then invitations started to come in. So I think when we focus on one loop at a time um, or one step at a time, it really can help us, um, help us move forward. And then the other thing that, um, that I learned in my, my journaling and rug hooking process that helps me with my business is I have a a journaling technique called uh, these things I know and what do I need right now and what I do it's based on self-compassion so um, when I have a situation that I'm struggling with I'll write a little bit about the situation um, because again I don't want to ignore it Uh, but then I write a list of these things I know and those are the things are my strengths that I bring to this situation so again it's being compassionate and it's and it's encouraging myself right so here's what I bring to the to this situation and then I just write what do I need right now and it's not what do I need right now to solve all my business problems but what do I need right now to make me feel better to to actually get me out of this funk and sometimes it's as simple as I need a cup of tea or I need to take a break and take my dog for a walk or um, you know I, I need to work on this other project that's going really well and just give this one a break for a minute, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, um, and I would say that those two things, the one step at a time and the making a list of what strengths I bring to a, to a situation and then what do I need right now, that, that for me, when I'm overwhelmed, that one is key. It helps me to stop spinning. It, um, it just, helps me to focus so, and I teach that a lot in, especially in my to my business clients to my corporate clients mm-hmm. yeah and especially with how fast today moves with social media mm-hmm. and like everything's instant and mm-hmm. I find myself accomplishing something and then like the next day I'm already okay what's next mm-hmm. and we don't take that time to celebrate that accomplishment Absolutely. and really honor it and yeah. remember all the hard work that you put into it yeah. and yeah so um, yeah actually one of my rugs was called um let this be enough and it was about uh, celebrating what we do um mm-hmm. it was a series of of circles going out um and uh, Linda Piers of the Cultured Coconut bought it for her office because she said it really had to be their, their motto. And I mean, look what her business has done. Mm-hmm. It's, it's has grown amazingly. So she has, she owns that rug now. But it really is something that, especially I think as female entrepreneurs, we, 
we, um, we push, we push, we push, and we don't always take the time to celebrate uh, what accomplishments we've, we've made. Yes. You've mentioned your book, One Loop at a Time, and you've also wrote the Creativity Workbook. It's a workbook to help spark creativity, which I love. Mm-hmm. So what prompted you to write the workbook and who can benefit from using it? Oh, thanks. So the second book came about after my speaking tour of my first book because people were saying to me, how, how did you do this? You know, how did you, because I wrote the book and, and hooked the seven mats in eight months. Um, and how, how did you do it? How, how did you, how did you like reinvent yourself? What happened? And, and so I thought, well, people need to know my process. So I shared my process. So it, it covers the seven mats um, in terms of what I was working on at the time and what prompted each design. So it's not really um, just for rug hookers. It's for anybody who is interested in either reinventing themselves or um, establishing a creative process. Um, it really seems to be uh, going well with entrepreneurs who mm-hmm. are trying to um, trying to build their business and, and are looking for uh, not the standard way to kind of approach um, how how they think about their businesses. So it's um, yeah, it's it's been selling really well. So I've the two books. The first one was December 2016, and the second one was uh, January 2017. And they're both still selling really well um, on my website and Amazon. So so it's great. Yeah, it's nice to have a sort of a perennial resource as opposed to something that had a best before date. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the importance of creativity, I feel, is having a surge. I don't know if you've noticed, but so many more people are talking about creativity and how to incorporate it into your, not only your work and your profession, but your home, uh, yourself, you know, mm-hmm. self, self-healing, yeah. um, self-compassion, what creative yeah. ways to do that, so... Well, when I do my corporate work, uh, I talk about what the research on creativity. And so um, some of the research indicates that when employees engage in a creative process, they're actually more engaged in their work and engaged employees are more creative. And also that having a creative process is actually um, very good for stress and burnout and preventing mm-hmm. stress and burnout. So it, it's, it's good for mental health. It's, it's good for the productivity and the innovation in the workplace. So it's, uh, it's so necessary. When I first started talking about creativity in 2016, people's eyes were kind of glazing over. So it's, it's really nice that, that now it's becoming more mainstream. More mm-hmm. people are recognizing the importance of creativity in the workplace and, and in life in general. Yeah. And actually, the reason you just mentioned is a big reason why I started my own company was that I kept going from company to company, but they weren't allowing this creative process or it was too controlled that, you know, Mm -hmm. one person talks to the client and then we give you information about what they want and then you go create it and then you hand it back to this person and they talk to the client instead of just a big team of people together coming uh-huh. up with brainstorming and ideas and what if we uh-huh. did this and what if we did that and how can we make this better? Yeah, it was yeah. too 
like a structured silos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was yeah. like, this doesn't work for me. I'm not mm-hmm. producing my best work. I'm not happy in these environments. I need more creativity and creative process. So then I was like, I guess I'll just do it on my own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think most of us entrepreneurs, we're, uh, we don't like the structure quite so much. Mm-mm. I always feel as though they're trying to put me in one box of like <laughs> you're the well, and that's that's how a lot of big organizations work is that they are kind of silos and and so um I, I for me too like I'm looking for clients who are interested in creative and non-traditional approaches to their employee well-being right and and yeah. um yeah so that's my uh my current business challenge is, is to find those companies and articulate what I'm doing in a way mm-hmm. such that they understand uh, what I do and how it can be of benefit to their clients. So that's because I know what I'm doing is great. And I know what, uh, you know, the feedback that I get is really awesome. And so my next, you know, my challenge is, is to find more companies, more clients that, um, that recognize the benefits of creativity and the creative approach. Yes. Yeah. You, you've talked about these workshops a little bit already to help teams through the current difficult working situations, um, which it's unique to everybody because everybody's business is structured differently. Every employee is dealing with different things. So most of us are working from home but we have a hundred different things on the go. Like even getting groceries is crazy mm-hmm. um, right now. Um, an energy drain because you have to prepare to go. Then you have to follow all the arrows, and then like, <laughs> yeah, or people will glare at you. People, yeah, yes, and then yes. like um, we were at the grocery store yesterday, and we went to the larger grocery store in Bedford, and they have a different way of like. Mm like Disneyland going anyways it's yeah. it's all difficult it um is. so how does your workshop and team building help with mm. all of this well I'll tell you about the workshop that I'm finding most helpful right now for for teams it's called creative journaling for well-being or um it's really to relieve stress and anxiety because I find that you can't really work on engagement until you work on well-being and mental health And everybody is suffering, no matter whether you're working from home, whether you're trying to navigate an office that feels different, looks different, um, whether your whole sales process has changed, you know, those kinds of things. So it's really about finding ways to relieve stress and to cultivate resilience is what my workshop is about. And what I do is I take people through a series of journaling exercises and I, I get them to write or sketch preferably both. So it's not just writing. And they're designed to help them tap into the feelings of joy and well-being. So I do things like exercises called leaning into joy, um, curvy lines, which is about how do you, how do you want to feel, uh, inspiration and resilience. And what I find is that um, not only do people get benefit individually, so they I've had comments uh, just last week, people saying, this is life-changing. Like, what, what you're teaching me is really life-changing, and it's really important work. Um, but it also is helping people to connect with one another. Uh, I just, I worked with a team of 30 uh, administrative professionals recently, and um, 
they hadn't really met during during the pandemic, and they're all working um, not together, so they're mm-hmm. they're all working remotely, and uh, and they just said it was great to connect to one another and to hear other people's ideas and to see other people's sketches and you know so it's it it helps people on an individual level, but also I think helps even to build the engagement of the team, even though our our first purpose is well being. Um, and I think that connecting with those positive sensations helps to stop the people's minds spinning. It in- interjects some lightness. Um, it also trains our brain and body to look for joy and to recognize that feeling and helps us to ground. Um, yeah. So those have been really, really successful right now. And, and I mean, I, I would like to get back to d- doing designs and having people doing rugs um, or even having me do a rug with their design. But I, I think that what people really need right now is just the mental health um, and the well-being and, and how do I build resilience. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I think that's what's most needed right now. Yes, definitely. I know I need that most right now. Yeah, we <laughs> like, all do. Yeah. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any projects or workshops coming up that you'd like to share? Sure. So I have a number of really exciting corporate projects that are in the works for this fall. But as well, I've got the show at the Mary Black Gallery. Mm -hmm. So that's the craft year 2020. And that starts on September 24th. And it goes to November 8th. And then also um, on September 9th, I'll be on Zoom doing a um, a workshop called uh, About Chakra. Um, about the chakras and how to use chakra colors in your work. And it's, uh, it's in a group called In the Studio. So that'll be in my newsletter uh, so people can, uh, can sign up through there and, and find out how. I, I think it's $6. <laughs> $6 Whoa, a person. It's, sign me yeah, up. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a very uh, – we decided to make In the Studio very low cost. We're just trying nice. to um, cover our costs and, yeah. uh, and just meet with people so we, we've been getting generally around 40 people from all over the world, people from Australia, New Zealand, as well as all over the U.S. and Canada, which is really fun. It's, it's been a great way to connect with other artists and, and people who are interested in art. Yeah. yeah oh, so I that's love September that. 9th. September 9th. Marking yeah. it on my calendar. <laughs> great. Yeah. Great. Are you on my newsletter list? Yes, I am. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. So it'll be in my newsletter too. Yeah, amazing. Cool. So before we wrap up, if someone wants to reach out to you after the show, where's the best place to connect with you? Well, my website is merylcook.ca, some M-E-R-Y-L-C-O-O-K.ca. And I'm on Instagram um, at merylcook. And then LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook are all at Merrill A. Cook, because there already was a Merrill Cook. Um, and or you can send me an email or pick up the phone and call me or sign up for my twice a month Heart Notes newsletter. And you can sign up there on my homepage of my website. Well, yeah. thank you so much. I have this was fun. Thoroughly enjoyed this. Yes. <laughs> me too. Me yes. too. We and I can't wait to again. meet you in person. <laughs> that would be great. We could meet yeah. for a socially distanced walk on the waterfront sometime. Yes, that would be yeah. amazing. That'd yeah. be lovely. Thank you, Tara. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. And that wraps up this episode of Creative Conflab. 
Thank you so much for listening. It means the world that you're here with me. If you'd like to follow along on other channels, you can find Creative Conflab on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also visit our new online shop over at creativeconflab.com to pick up some podcast swag. Have an amazing weekend. I hope you get to be creative and be well.